Welcome to Taboo on Taboo, where we talk about everything that is left unspoken about human nature, the universe, and the role of humans in the evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Ezgi Devi. I'll be your spiritual guide and assist you with creating a holistic, conscious, and authentic life through understanding the arcane truths of spirituality. Join me every Tuesday as we awaken your true power and help you become the master of your own life. Hello, Taboo on Taboo family. Welcome to our new episode. In this episode, we will talk about the nature of the mind and we will understand that to have a joyful life, how important it is to take control of the mind instead of being controlled by it. Since in most cases the mind thinks the ego or the body is being threatened, instead of responding consciously to the current experience, it reacts automatically by being immersed in emotions and sensations. So today, we will discuss the ways to break free from the automated behaviors of the mind. As humans, most of us struggle with being present. And actually, it's not even our fault. It's just the nature of the mind. Considering the main purpose of the mind is keeping the self and the body safe and alive, by its nature, it constantly tries to make choices for a safe future by taking past experiences as a reference. With every new data perceived in the present moment, the mind either thinks about what happened in the past or what's likely to happen in the future. In other words, the mind is naturally programmed to be in two main time slots, the past and the future. Instead of evaluating what's happening in the moment as it is, it either takes us to the past to label what's happening now or starts worrying about the future based on what's happening now, right? Have you ever realized that most of the negative feelings are caused by not being present? Worry, anxiety, and all forms of fear are caused by thinking too much of the future. Grief, resentment, guilt, shame, regret are caused by thinking too much of the past. The mind is inherently inclined to miss what's happening in the present moment. By its nature, it is focused on creating a happy and healthy future based on historical data. Ironically, as the mind cannot stay in the present and constantly jumps to the past and future, it becomes exempt from both happiness and health. However, there are ways to get out of this loop, guys. Remember from our previous episode? There are many more data in the now that fall outside of the mind's perception, right? And that data holds the key to true happiness. Ancient masters of India saw life as a divine game and called it Lila. They believed life is created for us to disidentify and detach ourselves from our minds. And they said the suffering the mind causes eventually forces us to detach from the mind. Even though it looks like the mind is cursed by its nature, when mastered, it's also a great tool to manifest the life we want to live. That's the whole point of this divine game. Are we going to be the masters of the mind or remain slaves of it? So don't worry, guys. We have many tools to crack the code. 
We're also given a precious gift in order to master the mind and reach the infinite data that exists in the present moment. Do you have any idea what this gift could be? It's the breath, guys. It's the breath. For thousands of years, breath has been used to access other data that the mind cannot perceive due to its nature. Accessing these data actually means perceiving the universe from a wider range and acknowledging the universal intelligence that cannot be perceived by the current programming of the mind. Ancient masters knew this miraculous secret of breath and they developed many practices based on breath. Notice that the base of all the ancient spiritual practices such as yoga, meditation, trance dance, qigong, tai chi, and many more is breath. We use the spiritual practices in order to increase our capacity of perceiving data, our ability to observe the patterns of the mind, and therefore our capacity to take conscious actions by keeping the mind in the present moment. So, how does breath do that? Let's think of the mind as a container that keeps the data inside and tries to make logical decisions from them, right? Data constantly flows into the container from the external world, and the mind begins to categorize and label the new data due to past experiences, as we discussed before. When we focus on breath and start observing it, we automatically keep the mind in the present moment. And when the mind is able to stay in the present, it is deprived of all the labels since those labels are completely composed of past experiences encoded in our subconscious. So what happens is, as the mind cannot label the new data as it's used to, it cannot relate the new data to a corresponding meaning that was defined in the past and cannot react automatically. Hence, the individual starts to perceive life from different lenses and also gains power to respond to things consciously. In other words, breath actually gives us a chance to acknowledge our current programming and in time, we begin to observe the thoughts and reactions the mind generates. Meditation also serves for the same purpose. There's a common misconception about meditation. It's mostly said that we meditate to quiet the mind, but actually the real purpose of meditation is reminding ourselves that the chatter of the mind is not our identity. We don't meditate to silent the mind. We meditate to observe and understand the programming that underlies the stories of the mind so we can choose to think and act differently. When we start to observe the mind more and more, we also awaken to the divine truth, guys. Since we can observe our minds, we are not just our minds, right? There must also be an observer. And this is the state we want to be in. We want to detach from the mind and be the observer to make conscious decisions in each situation. That's why it is so important to be present in each moment so we can constantly observe the mind to make conscious choices. When we operate in life as an observer, we gain the power to choose how to think and how to act. 
And when we start changing the way we think and act, the correlation of the cause, effect, emotion, and sensation, as well as our automated reaction mechanism that buried in our subconscious, start to crack. And that's when we begin to break our programming. That's where we rewrite our subconscious, recreate a conscious ego. And when we build a healthy and conscious ego, we automatically unlock the full power of the mind and start using our mind to attract and manifest our dreams, the lives we dream of. Maybe you heard of the law of attraction. Let's talk a little bit about it. The law of attraction suggests that the positive attitude brings positive experiences. But there is also a misconception when it comes to the law of attraction as well. The law of attraction doesn't work based on what we want or what we think. To attract positive experiences, having positive thoughts are not enough. Because the law of attraction works based on who we are. In other words, what the law of attraction actually suggests is we attract the experiences that match our frequency. And our frequency is not just determined by our thoughts. Our subconscious and our emotions also play a huge role in our frequency. The subconscious data directly affects how we feel and how we feel directly affects what we attract and manifest in life. So at some point, we start realizing some repeating patterns in our lives, different places, different faces, but similar experiences. And most of those repeating experiences are usually unpleasant, right? That's how we realize them. We try to focus on positive things, but the reality we experience doesn't change because the mind still operates from its comfort zone and keeps attracting familiar experiences that it knows how to cope with. Do you know what comfort zone is? Comfort zone is what is familiar to mind. The mind prefers familiar experiences, even though they're unpleasant, just because it knows how to deal with them. So they're all tolerable for it. So technically, our life starts to be driven by our subconscious stories. We can trick ourselves by focusing on the positive thoughts and the experiences we want to live. But as long as there are the seeds of low frequency in our subconscious, what we attract is not going to change. That's why, in order to change our experiences, it is first necessary to extract and organize the subconscious data. So, how are we going to extract and organize the subconscious data? We have a great tool for this purpose, and it is called shadow work. But first, let's understand what the shadow is. Shadow is a term in psychology that refers to the repressed, therefore unknown aspects of the personality. One of my favorite masters, Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst Carl Jung, who founded analytical psychology, argued that the shadow plays a distinctive role in balancing one's overall psyche. He claimed much of the shadow comes as a result of an individual's adaptation to cultural norms and expectations. And in order to truly grow as an individual, Jung believed it is essential for an individual to do the shadow work and integrate the repressed aspects of the self. 
How I describe shadow work is the process of analyzing where we tend to vibrate lower. Let's suppose you're having a great day, so you vibrate in a high frequency, and then something happened and your mood has changed completely, okay? Now you start to vibrate in a lower frequency. The truth is, your mood didn't change because of what has happened. It changed because of the narratives your mind has created around it, right? Acknowledging those narratives and addressing where they come from is doing the shadow work. So how are we going to bring those repressed aspects, the shadows, to the surface through shadow work? As we discussed before, there are so many people going through the same experiences, perceiving the same data, and feeling completely different. So our emotions are a result of our programming, right? If we want to rewrite the subconscious and create new, healthier narratives for the mind, Firstly, we need to start taking full responsibility for how we think, how we feel, and how we act. That's why in shadow work, the first thing to do is to start observing ourselves without judgment, objectively addressing how we think, how we feel, and how we react to things, and trying to see the rooted beliefs behind them. And then the second step is accepting everything as it is. You can't help a wounded dog without making him feel safe enough to trust you. Otherwise, he will just try to attack you or run away from you to protect himself, right? Our minds are the same. First, we need to make the mind feel safe enough to open up more. And having no judgments and accepting everything about ourselves as they are creates a safe space for the mind to bring up the repressed aspects and the stories of our personality. If we judge ourselves and resist accepting everything as it is, what we resist persists and becomes louder in our minds until we hear, see, and accept them as they are. That's why the mind creates repeating patterns in our lives for us to acknowledge what's repressed and how it affects our experiences. Because guys, life just wants us to evolve. Life wants us to be better than our current programming. We are not being punished each time we attract an unpleasant experience. We are actually being encouraged to find out the root cause that attracted the unpleasant experience so we can change it. And if you want to change for better, it's essential to hold space for everything that comes up and accept everything as it is. And when we reach the unknown, wounded, and repressed parts of ourselves, the third step is to integrate those shadow aspects into our new ego. Because true confidence comes from knowing both our strengths and weaknesses, guys. We want everything to come to surface so we can break free from their influences and consciously choose who we want to be and how we want to respond. Hence, it's so important to understand that we need to embrace our wounds to shine in our strengths. As the Persian poet Rumi says, the wound is where the light enters the body. The things that wounded us also taught us something valuable also served us in our growth, right? 
When we find the gifts behind those wounds and repressed memories, when we focus on the strengths we gain from those experiences, we automatically liberate ourselves from painful narratives and evolve to a higher state of being. That's why doing the shadow work and bringing light to the repressed and forgotten parts of ourselves is one of the main steps in our self-realization journey. As we discussed in the previous episode, at the end, the ego is just a bucket of collected data and full of stories. And all those stories come from past experiences. If we want to evolve into a higher state of being, we should not let those old stories to decide how we react today. Owing to the fact that it is our personal responsibility to decide who we want to be, we should start writing new, healthier, conscious narratives as well as developing conscious responses to evolve. If you want to go deeper in your shadow work, you can take a look at your childhood memories, review your relationship with your family, with your parents, with your caretakers while growing up, Use your triggers to understand your programming. Constantly check in with yourself how you feel and question why, but not in a judgmental way, in a curious way. And please be gentle and compassionate to yourself while doing the work. Remember, healing process is not always rainbows and butterflies. It's messy sometimes. It can be unpleasant as hell. The purpose of healing is not frustrating yourself. However, taking the mind out of its comfort zone can be frustrating sometimes. You might say, if the healing process can be painful and frustrating from time to time, why would I do that? Because in the end, we only have two options, the pain of growing or the pain of staying in the comfort zone. And in the comfort zone, there are only familiar experiences and outdated stories. There is no growth, no new experiences, no relearning, no evolving. On the other hand, as you begin your healing process, there is a better self. There is a better life with better relationships. There is growth in all areas of life. That's why life is a divine game. Are you going to choose to stay where you are or are you going to evolve? That is what we mean by the evolution of consciousness. As we develop a conscious ego, we become better. Our experiences become better. Hence, we create a better world. But we will talk about the evolution of consciousness in detail in next episode. Stay tuned, people. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode helped awaken something in you and inspired you. If you enjoyed Taboo on Tabood, please leave a rating and a review and share it with friends and family so we can expand our consciousness all together. Remember, you are not alone. We are together in this and I'm here to support you in manifesting the life you dream of. To learn more about my services, you can visit esgidevi.com as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. I'll see you next week.